Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The cornballs get stonewalled. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, it's season five of Punt and Pass. That is absolutely crazy. We have a gigantic show today to kick off. What is going to be the best season yet? First things first, this episode and the entire season, our late week episodes are presented by our great friends over at Prize Picks. You know we love Prize Picks. If you haven't signed up for Prize Picks yet, you got to do so. Use the promo code PUNT. That's P U N T. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. And if you haven't played Prize Picks yet, and even if you have played Prize Picks, in the past this season is so much better they have actual props aaron on what you can place per player so this weekend week zero adrian martinez nebraska's quarterback over or under 60 and a half rushing yards over or under 185 and a half passing yards what about passing touchdowns yeah you can get down on that action too so it's so much more experiential uh, georgia versus clemson next weekend if you think you're a coach which i know a lot of our audience believes they should be then you can certainly cash in on prize picks it is a lot of fun nfl college football golf the limits there are none head over head on over to prizepicks.com download the prize picks app use the promo code punt you get a 100 percent deposit match up to your first $100 and later on in the show Aaron and I are going to give you some winners for week zero Aaron uh, before we make our big announcement how are you dude let's get a little life update going on Uh, it's August 26th week zero is here college football is here thank god thank goodness college football is back man I'm on the road this week I I was up in New York last weekend had some studio shows and then this weekend, I have Southern Utah at San Jose State. So you're heading out west. Heading out, you know I'm always out west. Yes, you I, are. Out west, out west. I do have, for those Georgia fans listening, 
the Georgia at Auburn game this year, though. Do you on really? CBS. Yeah. Good for you. I did not know that. Get to go there. And uh, first time covering the dogs. So I got to make sure I get my mind right and not too much of a homer boy there. Yeah. But uh, just excited for the season. I'm excited yeah. for fans in the stands. I know. Like, last night we, we, we spoke with San Jose State, who, who won the Mountain West last year. And and Coach Brennan, his first thing was like, man, we had such a great season last year. Yeah, they did. But after every single game, these kids couldn't go hug their mom. It's they couldn't crazy. hug their dad. They couldn't hug their 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 girlfriend. Whatever. It was weird. It was weird not being yeah. able to celebrate with your family and friends. And this year, the fact that these kids get to celebrate, enjoy themselves, fans in the stands. I mean, there is such an excitement and energy level from the players from. People who missed out on college football. Like, I think this is going to be a year people remember because of what we lost last year. So I'm, I'm pumped because I know playing in front of no fans yeah. sucked. Calling games, from my perspective, in front of no fans was awful. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, just, it's hard to have energy when there's no one there. Yeah. Like, you're trying to call a game, and it's just you can hit a, a, a freaking pin drop in the stadium. So... It's going to be a fun season, man. I'm excited to get back on the road this weekend. No doubt. I have yet to do my Mountain West diligence, but is that Nick Starkle still at Nick San Starkle's Jose State? Nick Starkle is back. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's a really good quarterback. That should be a good game, and they did have a good season last year San Jose State, so I'm sure they've got they high hopes for 2021. They got, they got crushed with, with COVID protocol for the bowl game, or they yeah. would have most likely been undefeated last year. So, um, yeah, going to be a fun year. Can't wait, man. And people probably are thinking, why do we sound so official right now? And we'll look official when you see us on YouTube later on, but... We have signed a partnership. It's our first partnership, really, of sorts from a distribution slash production standpoint. Right now, we are inside 680 The Fans Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, at The Battery, right outside Truist Park. We are going to be hosted on the podcast park. 680 The Fan is going to help us out throughout the season. My man Dan Matthews is back in the booth right now taking care of us. Uh, we are official. This is going to be so much fun. What better place to be for the Punt and Pass podcast than the college football voice of the South, of course, 680. will be syndicated on the Southern Sports Today Network all across the Southeast, which I think is important to note because, Aaron, I'm not going to boost this up too much, but we've had opportunities in the past. People have talked to us about our plans for the future of Punt and Pass, and uh, this has been a passion project for you and I. We've done this for five years and I've always said to myself hey you know what let's control the content let's do what we do best let's keep this as focused on our audience as possible and when 680 came to the fold I just thought it made a lot of sense I I thought that a lot of our listeners listen to 680 a lot of our listeners appreciate the college football voice of the south so why not team up with them everything else will be the same Aaron and I will bring you two episodes throughout each week this college football season to let you know what is going on around the SEC what is going on in the biggest games of the weekend. Of course, we're going to keep you in tune with Georgia football as the dogs are really set up for a special 2021. And if you remember, Aaron, when we first started this, that was back in the year 2017. Georgia, of course, started out very hot, number one team in the nation. Yeah, they lost to Auburn, but they avenged that loss in the SEC championship, won the Rose Bowl, lost on the last second play in the national championship. We will not go there but so much to talk about we're really fired up about this partnership with 680 the fan to be hosted on the podcast park you'll hear us on the station throughout the fall and of course you can always head over to the podcast park and wherever you've listened to punt and pass in the past that will not change 
Let's dive right into it, man. So much to discuss. This is a little season preview right here. Of course, we got a couple of games this weekend. Next weekend is, of course, the the main, main buffet of college football 2021. But a lot of fans were reaching out to us on social media, wanting our thoughts on the Alliance, wanting our thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Name, image, and likeness dropped. Mm. Of course, I'm right in the middle of that, so we can discuss as needed, but... Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC. This, of course, broke during SEC media days. You were there in Birmingham doing all your interviews there with Sirius XM SEC Radio. First thoughts, was this expected? Look, I'll tell you right now, this had been happening for a very, very long time. There are no coincidences. And when you're telling me that this news broke while Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M were in their press conference at SEC media days, that is uncanny. I think the cat got out of the bag a little bit quickly. I think Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, backpedaled just a bit because he was not expecting that news to become public when it did. Overall, though, I think this was expected. And I'll tell you one thing right now. The SEC is not done. There will be two more teams that join this conference before 2023, 2025, whenever it is. I'm with you, man. And it was you said it was a bomb dropped on SEC media days when we were there. I mean, it was... First off, this offseason's been incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't want to talk great. about first you know, last year was just it was tough for everyone. The COVID season, the the rescheduling of games, the I said earlier, no fans in the stands for the majority of the season or limited capacity. You felt like, okay, we just need to get through this season. Everyone needs to take a vacation, take a breather, relax. And just get ready for 2021. And yeah. it was like, no, screw that. Let's have a crazy offseason <laughs> with a bunch of just gigantic headlines. I mean, you said at NIL, this um, you know merging of conferences in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, it's just been a whirlwind. But when it comes to this this news of the SEC expanding, I'm with you, man. It it it's it's evolve or die. Yeah, that's all 100%. it is. It's 100%. evolve or die. And obviously, right now with the SEC. It pains me, but CBS will be losing the SEC here yeah. in a couple of years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if if they actually start paying for these games ahead of time uh, before waiting for that contract to end here. I think in twenty twenty four, but they're going to make a huge splash. You know, they're going to build this thing to where they already are the dominant conference. Let's not get it wrong. I mean, yeah. football, baseball. We had Vanderbilt, <laughs> Mississippi State. Yep. Uh, basketball this yep. year was phenomenal. Yeah, when it comes to SEC. Yeah. I mean, look how many guys got drafted in the SEC first round. We had more players drafted from the SEC than any other conference. I mean, they are Sankey is building a warship on every single yeah. sport, and he's bringing the best teams over. So I'm with you. I don't, I don't think it ends at Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, those are two of the biggest brands in college football. Yeah. I mean, I know Texas hasn't been – Relevant since what was it? Oh eight, oh nine, when they lost Alabama. That's Their last the national championship. shred of relevance is when they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, and Sam Ellinger said, "We're back." Yeah, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> I mean like, but yes. really, really consistently back. Yes. It's yes. been since Colt McCoy was the quarterback, but still, Texas is one of those brands that just goes with college football. Hundred percent. I love it. I absolutely do. Like I said, it's get bigger or die. And, and Sankey realizes that. And you know, when we talk about this whole alliance thing, it, to me. I understand. They're, they're, the, these other conferences are looking. They're scared. They're worried. They're seeing the, the, the obviously the money that the SEC is going to be making with these TV contracts. They're seeing the money they're going to be making if and when the playoff expansion happens. Yeah. 
and they don't want to get left behind. I just think it was premature with what they came out with the other day. Yeah. It's like, what, what was the point of that? Oh, we're coming. Until you have some solidified plans and things written down and contracts signed, it was it was rushed, in my opinion. I just I, I don't understand why they felt like they needed to come out after only a month of talking with each other to say, OK, this is what we're going to do. It, it, it was it was it was way too. It's something that needs to be done after six, seven, eight months yeah. of discussion and something, like I said, written down on paper. No, there's no question. And, and this kind of my, my last thought on Texas and Oklahoma leads into the alliance. But if you don't think that the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or the ACC would have bent over backwards if Texas and Oklahoma called them and said, hey, we're interested in joining mm-hmm. your conference then you're out of your damn mind because, simply put, Texas and Oklahoma are those two endemic brands in the middle of the country, even kind of stretching out west and up towards the Midwest to where they kind of took a look at the landscape and said, where do we go for the next 10 to 15 years, right? How can we create uh, what our fans want, what our alumni want, what our boosters want, and that is relevance. They said, let's call the SEC and see if they're interested. And then Greg Sankey gets the call and says, hell yeah, yes, you guys come please, right on thank in. You. He sees dollars and cents. He sees a super conference. And like you just said, he is building a legitimate leader in each and every sport, which leads into the alliance. Now, what is the alliance? You just said it a couple days ago. Three conference commissioners from the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the SEC have a handshake agreement. What does that agreement mean? People think it's about uh, you know putting priority on future cross-conference scheduling. Some people think, hey, these are conferences that are banding together and saying none of our teams are going to leave for the last two maybe that the SEC are looking for. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case because if that were the case – Something will be put on paper. Yep. They all said this was a handshake. And let me tell you how the alliance started, okay? The alliance started last August. Last August, when you and I were texting and you're watching Sports Center, and Kevin Warren from the Big Ten and Larry Scott from the Pac 12 come out and say, We're not playing college football this year. Yep. Everybody goes, What? Everybody was Zoom-focused on how can we get college football done. Those two conferences threw their hands up in the air early, said we're not playing college football this year because of the pandemic and all the issues that were arising back then. Who was silent? Greg Sankey. Greg Sankey didn't say anything. He said we're taking it He's day by day. He's a silent assassin. He really is. He is, especially with this Texas Oklahoma thing. I mean, it just it, it, it's so quiet, and the work he does behind the scenes – he is the best, and 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 to me, I don't know if you've seen things from Kurt Herbstreit or not, but I mean, the, the, we, I did the see movement, that. the movement away from the NCAA and just getting away from it, and having one voice to kind of run the show, kind of similar to it's Greg we see from the yeah, it's Greg. <laughs> yeah. If there was one to rule them all, it has to be Greg Sankey. What he did last year with the pandemic was incredible yes to get through the season incredible to to show other conferences that hey you don't have to just go to the extreme of not playing there are ways to to navigate this entire thing the the ability to uh you know have these discussions with texas and oklahoma to expand the sec yeah the ncaa everyone knows it is it's it's on its way out oh my god it is on its way out and if things are going to unfold and change and and start to really morph into more of possibly an NFL model. I don't know. 
if there's one guy to lead them all, it's Greg Sankey. What he has demonstrated this past year compared to some of these other conference leaders, they're just trying to play catch-up. They're just trying to find a way to stay in the headlines because – they they I, I, they're jealous, I guess, a little yeah, that's bit of 100%. what Greg Sankey's doing. That is one hundred percent what it is, and what Greg Sankey demonstrates is leadership, yeah. strength in leadership. A year ago, he was like, "Why would I have to make this decision now? Let's see what happens. Let me talk to my medical professionals. Let me talk to the school athletic directors, the school presidents, so we can make a collective decision to sit there and look at everything on the whole, not five weeks before the season starts, throw it up in the air and go, you know what, we're not playing. Mm -hmm. And here's what happened. Kevin Warren, Big Ten commissioner, Larry Scott, Pac-12 commissioner at the time, they canceled because they thought they could strong arm everybody else into canceling as well. Big Ten parents then started revolting. The players started speaking out on it. Of course, they ended up playing. Of course, they only played seven games last year. But what Greg Sankey did last year is said, I am a leader, right? And when you heard his opening statements at SEC Media Days this year, that was leadership. He talked about the Austin case. He talked about name, image, and likeness. He talked about, you know, the uncertainties around college sports as it stands right now. He didn't trot around those issues. He issued it head on, said, we're in a great place. Two days later, Texas and Oklahoma are in the fold. I saw Herb Street's uh, comments Yesterday, was it on Feinbaum? Or no, it was Zach Klein, ZK. I saw that. Zach Klein from WSB here in town. And Herb Street said, you know, these are conference commissioners who are worried and they're insecure about the future. And my thought was this. They should be worried and insecure about how their teams play on the football field because that's why this is happening. Um, A lot to unpack there. I think this will continue to kind of matriculate throughout the season. Most importantly, they're just trying to catch up yep. with the SEC. And the SEC, I mean, we've got NIL written down here on the rundown. Um, it's interesting. It's fun. Uh, I've had a lot of great conversations over at Icon Source where we're helping student athletes get paid uh, the right way, brands connecting with athletes. And uh, there is a lot of demand. We have a lot of exciting announcements on the way here in the next couple of weeks from an icon source perspective. But I think for student athletes as a whole, you're starting to see this thing really spread out. It's not just quarterbacks and point guards and players of the year, female student athletes, non-revenue student athletes. The opportunity is there for everyone. And as student athletes get more comfortable with it, universities get more comfortable with it. Most importantly, the brands who want to spend money get more comfortable with it. This is only going to continue to grow. Um, And I don't see how anybody could look at it and say this has been a bad thing for the first 50 days. No, I think it's been pretty smooth. And it's funny. uh, I was watching the other night CBS Sports Network and watching some of the shows heading into the season. And my first time seeing... DJ Uwe Ungalele. Yeah, good job. Nice, nice read on the Dr. name there. Pepper. Yeah. I was yeah. like, holy smokes. Yeah. I, I know he signed a deal, but that was the first time I actually seen it. So you, it puts a smile on my face. I mean, it, it, it's happening. People are embracing it. I think it, it, it's gone smoothly. You know, the big issue everyone just kept asking me at first was, oh, this is going to cause such a division in the locker room. I'm like, no, no it's, it's not. not. People want to make this such a big deal of <laughs> no. everyone's going to be pissed off because the quarterback's making money and not everyone else is. I was like, People look at the NFL and the NFL model, and they they, they see who the guy's making money. Who's on all the commercials? Patrick yeah. Mahomes, yep. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Uh, those guys are the one, of course, are going to be making the most money. Of course. Kids aren't going to be mad because JT Daniels is making money. Obviously, yeah. he's doing a smart job, and he's yeah. going to be giving some of his money absolutely. to his teammates, which is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But they're not, there's not going to be resentment in the locker room. Um so I think to me that was overblown, but 
I love it. And, and speaking of JT, it's so fun. I, I know I've told you this. You know, we we had a couple golf charity golf tournaments over the summer. We were at Pollock's tournament, and I met JT. We were talking. I was like, "You play golf?" And looking at his tire, I kind of knew the an- I knew <laughs> the answer. At what he was dressing? Yeah, I knew the answer ahead of time. And he's like, "No, I've never really played before." I was like, first, we got to teach you how to dress on the golf course. So, <laughs> He's from Cali, man. Yeah. Get my break. Yeah, but they play golf in Cali. They Some do. of the best they golf do. in the country is in Cali. So I was like, well, if you ever want to play, hit me up, um, and I'll get you connected uh, to get some lessons um, with Coach Hack there at UGA. The man. So two weeks later, he comes up to me. We're at another charity golf tournament, and he's like, hey, man, I really need to get Hack's number because I need some lessons. I was like, all right, sweet. Send him the numbers. like, yeah. Uh, Titleist hit me up, wanted to do a sponsorship to give me free clubs and some money. I was like, this kid doesn't even play golf. I <laughs> need new clubs. I need a new fitting. I'm playing with Drew Butler's old clubs <laughs> over are. here. You are. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's to me, I'm, I'm a little jealous, but it's awesome to see these guys have the opportunity. And the more and more you talk to players, and I had opportunity to talk to a lot of the guys at SEC Media Days, a lot of guys I've talked to through my show with SiriusXM, they all say the same thing, and who knows if they're actually doing what they're preaching, but they're like, listen, football is first. Yeah. We're focused on football. If, we, if we have the opportunity to do something during our off time, um, then we can do it. And a lot of this stuff nowadays, too, it's so easy because all it is is social media. Yeah, a lot posting. of it's quick social media activations. Yeah, it's not like all of these are you're having to go do these appearances. Hey, we'll sign you to four or five social media posts. Yep. And we'll give you X amount of dollars. So for the players, it's actually pretty easy to do and navigate. And it's not taking up a lot of their time, especially in season. So I don't think it's going to be a huge distraction. I'm happy these kids are getting paid for. No, there is not going to be this rift in the locker room that everyone was hoping there'd be all this drama. That's not going to happen. These kids are too smart. They're too focused on football to let some some of this to get you know get in the way and be a distraction. Yeah, so much of the talk prior to July 1st when this all went live were hypotheticals, right? Oh, this is going to tear apart the locker room. Oh, kids aren't going to be focused on school and athletics. Well, I mean, if you aren't good at school and athletics, then you won't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to make NIL dollars. And whenever I ask student athletes, hey, is this going to cause a rift in the locker room? Unanimously, <laughs> no. Like, absolutely not. They will figure it out. It's been great so far. Again, this is only going to continue to get bigger. It's a lot of fun to be involved in over at Icon Source. And if you're a business owner or if you work at a business and you have some marketing dollars and you're looking to activate a student athlete, head on over to Icon Source, of course, iconsource.com, and uh, it's all free. So that is the way to do it. Let's start diving into what we think is going to happen this weekend, looking towards next weekend. A lot to unpack here as the college football season gets underway but first things first of course this episode is presented by prize picks prizepicks.com download the prize picks app use the promo code punt you get a 100 deposit match on your first deposit up to 100 and this season the action on prize picks is so much more intuitive for a college football or a pro football fan because you can place wagers on props it's amazing. I'm looking at the board right now, Aaron. Nebraska plays Illinois this week. Illinois, new head coach and Brett Bielema. Mm-hmm. If you remember Brett Bielema from his Wisconsin days, what is he known for? Humongous offensive line, heavy run game, trust the defense, ground and pound. Chase Brown, Illinois running back, over under a half a rushing touchdown. I would think that Illinois' running back with Brett Bielema, a head coach, is going to get one touchdown, correct? 
I'm with you. Okay, 100%. so you got to go over. First game of the season, run the football, Absolutely. dominate the line of scrimmage. No question. Yes. No question. Give over half a rushing touchdown for Chase Brown, who's Illinois' running back. And then I think I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do here? I am looking at Adrian Martinez, the quarterback who's been at Nebraska for 17 straight years. His rushing yard total, Aaron, 16 and a half rushing yards. This is what I think is going to happen in this game. I really like Illinois at home. They're about a seven-point dog right now. I think that might even get up to seven and a half. I am hearing that they're becoming a bit trendy when it comes to lines makers saying Illinois is in a good position here. Late in the game, if Illinois is up, I see Adrian Martinez scrambling around a little bit. I see Adrian Martinez getting out of the pocket, maybe a couple chunk plays. I'm going to go over 60 and a half rushing yards for Adrian Martinez. I want over a half a rushing touchdown for Chase Brown. That is a winner right there. On prize picks. I love the first one, you know, especially Illinois returning four starters on that offensive line. They're going to be stout up front. And I agree with Adrian Martinez. I still think he is a run first quarterback. And we're talking about an Illinois defense that gave up 230 yards rushing per game last year. Okay, here we go. So if if that makes you feel even juicier about that, that, that call with Adrian Martinez, give me that as well. Um, But I love... The, the home dog. I'm with you on oh, this yeah. one with Illinois. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, see, everybody's I on Illinois no now. Now I'm having second guesses because it's seeming like a trendy underdog. I just, because no one has faith in Adrian Martinez. I mean, yeah, very true. What has he done in two years with Scott Frost to make you say, like, oh, my God, now all of a sudden this kid's going to take another Absolutely step nothing. forward? You know, don't be tricked by the past. I mean, always, everyone's like, okay, third year, it has to click. Yeah. It hasn't clicked in two years. It's not going to just magically happen. No, especially the kid just doesn't have it. The smoke around the program right now. It's uh, absolutely insane. 185 and a half passing yards for Adrian Martinez. That seems a bit high. I'd probably go under that. And then Brandon Peters, Illinois quarterback, 165 and a half passing yards over on prize picks. I'd probably go under that as well. I'd go over that. You would go over for Brandon Peters. Yes. All right. Well, there you go. Aaron Murray tells you over Brandon Peters, 165 and a half passing yards. What a great way to get active during college football season, prizepicks.com. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. We will post those picks on our social media. That, of course, being at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, everybody. Buck Blue here. And as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the vice president, Stacy Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. 
You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. All right, let's look towards next week. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. Georgia Clemson kicking off top five matchup in Charlotte. That's the Saturday night ABC game. You have Miami and Alabama right here in Atlanta. I believe that's one versus ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alabama is going to beat the absolute breaks off Miami. I, I We'll talk about that. But before we get into it, I want your high-level thoughts because we're going to dive into it much deeper next week on Georgia right now. Um, injuries throughout camp. A lot of uncertainty around some of the personnel there. Even some coaches having to step away from the program. You know, there's so much reason for optimism heading into the 2021 season. JT Daniels is back, an embarrassment of riches at the running back position, um, a schedule that is absolute oh cakewalk outside of this Clemson game. And in typical Georgia fashion, we've been given a lot of reasons to become pessimistic over the past four weeks. It is a big-time test next week against Clemson. Any reason to worry with these injuries? Is Georgia going to be ready? Oh, of course there's... The, to me, you said it. The schedule is a cakewalk when you look at what's after Clemson. The only thing that can get in Georgia's way this year when it comes to getting to Atlanta is injury. Is I mean, themselves. Is themselves. Can <laughs> yeah. they just stay healthy? Can they stay focused? Um, but I, I am worried. And, and you, the, the same reason why I was worried last season for this offense is the receiving position. Yeah, there's just not depth. There's no depth. Yeah. I, 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 I think JT obviously is a huge upgrade, and, and I've said it this entire offseason. I love what he did last year, but let's see who he played last year when he took over oh, Mississippi State. Skeleton crew. Almost had to cancel the game. Almost had to cancel. South Carolina. I think Georgia begged South Carolina not to cancel the game because they didn't have bodies. They didn't, no team, neither of those teams had bodies, and Missouri was one of the worst defenses in the SEC. So he didn't play a juggernaut at all besides Cincinnati and that was not was a great, great. <laughs> was not a great game they probably should have lost that game they, to Cincinnati yes, if yes. Luke Fickle had some better game management there at the end of the game so I do think he's an improvement I love the kid when it comes to his ability to give these receivers an opportunity to make plays but who are his receivers going to be Jackson's been in and out through, through camp yep Harris yeah yep. Burns been out through camp yep um Eric Gilbert out not even with the team right now. Not even with the team right now. Uh, Washington, out. His, his his top playmakers aren't there, and two of them will not be there for the first game, most likely. Yeah. Washington's not going to be out or not going to be there. Doesn't seem like Gilbert's going to be there It either. doesn't seem like Gilbert's yeah. going to be there. So, And you, not even, you didn't even mention George Pickens, 20 ACL during spring and game. George Pickens, He's out for the season. I am worried about George's ability to create explosive plays. Do they have the running backs? Yes. Do they have a quarterback? Yes. Do they have an offensive line that's going to be – uh, doable and manageable and, and and be able to do their thing. Yes. This Clemson team is phenomenal on defense. And, and don't get it twisted. I know they did not look well in that last game versus Ohio State. Nine starters back. They're deep at every position. DJ Uwe Ungalele, I'm going to keep saying it because I'm getting better yeah, and like better that. every time I say it. it feels, it's just rolling off the tongue now. I feel very confident. Um, the offense will be fine. I'm worried about our skill guys. And everyone was bitching at me last year. Oh, it's not the receivers. It's the quarterback. Yeah, it's a quarterback. A and I was getting, <laughs> even these guys that are healthy right now, if they're healthy, they're not, they're not someone that I can feel like can take a bubble screen or a slant and take it for 70. Yeah. I mean, you look at Alabama, you look at LSU two years ago. We don't have those guys. We have good receivers. Don't get me wrong. They're not the type of guys that can change a ball game in one play. Yep. What are your thoughts about we Dominic Blaylock? I like them all. I like yeah. I, 
Listen, yeah. Mitchell. I, mean, I, I like Adona Mitchell. Uh, I screwed up the first name there. I like Mitchell. I'd I like this. I like the receiving core when they're yeah. healthy. Yeah. But there's not the guy that can just flip a defense and scare a defense, saying, "Hey, we got to double him." Yep. No, I mean, there's, I look, no, one, I, there's no one other that that, that that warrants a double team. I agree with you. If you would have had this conversation in March when spring practice was starting, we would sit here and say, oh, man, we're going to see Todd Monk going to open this thing up, five wide, JT's going to sling it around, offensive line looks good, Eric Gilbert going to be here, Darnell Washington, George Pickens, Dom Blaylock, Jermaine Burton. You're sitting there going, oh, this is going to be different. We are going to look like one of the newer teams, the LSU, the Alabama, that had just opened it, blown it wide open, and get ready to roll Ole Miss. But as we're standing here today, August 26th, I've got some maybe not surprising news for Georgia fans. Maybe it's something they don't want to hear. Expect a lot more of the same next weekend. Mm -hmm. They are going to half to run the ball. They're going to have to control the clock, and they're going to have to rely on the defense to make a play. Just think about this. You play to your strengths. I always have said this throughout five years of punt and pass. The best coaches, whether they're high school, college, or NFL coaches, they adjust their game plans to the players that they have available. They do not make the players adjust to the Mm -hmm. coach's game plan. What do they have available next week? They have an absolute stable at running back, right? Zeus White, James Cook, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh. If the offensive line is healthy enough, and if they have good enough stamina to literally try to run the ball down Clemson's throat for four straight quarters, that's what they have to do. They have to do that. Now, can you split out James Cook? Can you split out Kenny McIntosh? Yes, you can. Bubble screens. Try to create some mismatches at the second level. Help Georgia get those splash plays, but putting JT in the shotgun and then letting him try to sling it around, throw the ball 40 times, that's a losing game plan. I'm just telling you right now, we'll dive into it a lot more next week. I like Georgia as an underdog. I I think their defense is really good. The one thing that worries me is this. Simply put, Clemson is is more experienced in a big-time spot like this. Simple as that. Clemson is more experienced in a top-five matchup Saturday night ABC game to start the season than Georgia is. That's just a fact. Now, am I saying that's a that's a that's a complete Georgia's going to lose? No, not at all. I think it's going to be a great game. Just expect a lot of running. I saw one thing today too. There's like a tropical storm, Dan, uh, in the Gulf, and it could be an absolute washout next Saturday if it turns up and hits Charlotte on Saturday. Oh, I hope that no. doesn't happen because this is this is this could be the best game of the season. Yes. I mean, you're it's talking about two teams. That, five or th- two versus five, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs. Both these teams heading into the season. I, I'm with you, though. You play to your strengths. If your strengths is still the receipt, I know the fans, and I want it too. Listen, I want things to open up for Georgia's offense, but you just can't do it. It's going to be yeah. idiotic yeah, if why? you try to do something where you don't have the players to be able to execute. They got a great defense. They got a run game. You have a quarterback that can manage the game well in JT Daniels. That's all you need to do week one. And plus, you know, we said it, you don't have to win this game to Just, make yeah, it to the playoffs. No, and you don't, you Just don't, don't want get that. blown out. Yeah, you don't want that mindset, and I can assure you that Kirby will not let them have that mindset no. heading into that game. But to your point, hey, this is the first game of the season. Guess what? The first half is going to be some ugly-ass football. Yeah. I mean, turnovers, fumbles, the ball is going to be on the ground, incompletions, some missed blocks at the first. Defenses will be better this year, too. I agree I, like, with that. I think fans last year who who love points and and love the deep ball are so enamored with okay thirty five to fifty points per game you know say the Alabama without that is not going to happen this year mm-hmm. and we were all mistaken a lot of us in, in in the media world and former players thinking that 
offenses were going to struggle early on and throughout the season because of the lack of chemistry and the lack of time to do stuff in spring, summer, and fall camp. And it was the defense. And you talk to coaches across the country, and the issue was, hey, these offenses can go out there and run routes on air. They can run plays. It's hard for a defense to get lined up and go against offenses and to, to practice tackling yeah. when you're not allowed to. 100%. Defenses are going to be much improved this year. So this this whole thing of watching games that are 50 to you know 45 or whatever it is, that's not going to happen. I think we're going to get knocked down to more of more of the old school SEC when it comes to games, not maybe the, the 17 to 12 or 17 to 13, but games that are going to be in the 20s. Yeah. Games are going to be in the low 30s. So not 55 to 49. No, which yeah. I hated, honestly, man. Like I I, I part I of me part you. of me enjoyed that Alabama Ole Miss game last year. But part of me is like, just someone play defense. Yeah. Like this I is mean, it was, stupid. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That was so. ridiculous. It's gonna be fun. You yeah. know, I was at the Letterman scrimmage uh, a week ago. Aaron, you were at Georgia's scrimmage two weeks ago. Kirby did speak to the Letterman before, and he said this, kind of to your point. He's like, guys, look, and this was a lot of Letterman to over 200 Lettermen who obviously have played from when I was there, when you were there, to the 50s. And he was like, we have had 12 full pads practices. 12, that's it. Yeah. It's not like the old days where you had two a days and you guys are banging around, you're ready to go. He's like, these guys, like that scrimmage last Saturday was a full go scrimmage. He's like, we need to see who can tackle. Mm-hmm. We need to see who can block. You don't have that many opportunities now. It's going to be really live next Saturday. And I didn't really, I wasn't really able to tell much from a football perspective, so to speak. I'm sure you weren't either when you were sitting there watching the game. I mean, these are guys trying to get reps. I can tell you one thing, though. Um, Georgia looks really good from a physicality perspective. I'm like, damn, we did not have dudes like that when I was no, in school. Uh, Adam Anderson really stuck out to me. Jordan Davis is is a freaking Mack truck in the middle of the defensive line. Brock Bowers looked good, the true freshman tight end, who I think will get you know some love, love next week good, as well. really stood out to me, DB-wise, um, Amir Speed. Yeah, long, lanky. Ooh, yeah, he looked good. I, I, you know, he's not listed as a star, at least looking at this field still right now. But when he, you know, when I was at the scrimmage, I was like, damn, this guy's pretty good. Six two, six three, long arms, long arms, and that's what you need, man. These corners nowadays are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's intimidating. I mean, when you look at there as a quarterback and you see a six three DB, you're like, I don't even know if I want to go over there or look at there. But I don't know if my guy can get off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Jam him at the line of scrimmage, Shit. and then they're so long they can make it up in a couple oh, of strides. And if you underthrow that ball, pick. I like the other him. Way. I love our defense. Though. And I'm so mad Tyke Smith got injured. That was like yep. my one pick. I've been tweeting about it. I said Tyke Smith is going to be the guy where at the end of the season you're going to sit there and go, that was such a key transfer for Georgia to get because it was one leadership, two experience, but three, the guy's a ball hawk. I am bummed he's not going to be playing next week against Clemson. I thought. He was going to be a really added piece. Hopefully he gets back sooner rather than later. All right, what about Alabama? New quarterback and Bryce Young. Let's kind of do like a quick SEC preview. Any surprise teams? Any reason to think Alabama might stumble? I think they had six guys on the all-SEC first-team preseason list on defense specifically. So, again, you could sit here and say, is Alabama going to reload? Well, of course they are. I I guarantee you they cover against Miami next weekend inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Ole Miss? Matt Corral, a and I'm not sold on Haynes King. Some people are saying Kentucky could be pretty pretty good. I don't know. I mean, call me a simpleton, but I'm seeing Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship. Uh, yeah. Alabama's defense is phenomenal. That linebacking core of Will Anderson, uh, Christian Harris. Yep. I mean, they are some studs on that side of the football. I mean, this is going to be 
a special group on that side. That's why I was talking about earlier with offenses. You know, Alabama's not going to be the team that scores 50 points per game. And, I mean, defensively, they got better throughout the season. This yeah. is going to be more of a defensive-led football team this year. You know, Bryce Young, I, you know, based on what I saw, obviously, in high school, the highlights and what I saw watching their spring game, quick release, love his release, has a good arm, he's accurate, he's tiny. I mean, tiny, tiny. Yeah, that really worries me. Yeah, but yeah, he's going to have a great offensive line. Brian Robinson at running back, uh, Mechie at receiver. It, they got talent around him. He's going to be fine. Just don't expect this offense to be what it was last year, but, but they're not going to have to. I think that's yeah. that's Nick Saban's message to this young quarterback is you don't have to be Mac Jones. You don't have to go out there and throw for 340 yards and four touchdowns every week. Our defense is going to win it for us this year if they do. I, I am, though, I am a believer in two other teams in the SEC West. I'm a big believer in AM. Because Even with Haynes King, I just I'm not sold on him. We'll find out. But, well, yeah, yeah. but are you sold on Bryce Young? No, That's but I'm you, sold on yeah. Alabama's defense. I'm sold on. Are their you not run sold game. on? But look at A and M. A and M is one of the better defenses in the SEC too. A and M has uh, Isaiah Spiller at running back. They have Anaya Smith. They have Jalen Widemeyer. Yeah, Widemeyer's. I mean, beast. if you want to go, you know, position by position with with A and M versus uh, Alabama. Jimbo has done such a good job recruiting. They got a ton of talent at a and I'm yeah. telling you, defensive-wise, very comparable to what Alabama's going to have this year. Skill-wise on offense, very comparable. Offensive line-wise, I know they lost a lot of guys to the NFL, but yep. you know, talking to my boy Cole Kublik, he feels very confident in this offensive line, one of the better offensive uh, tackles in the country. It's just who's going to play better? Is Haynes King going to play better? Uh, is he going to be the guy? Or is Bryce Young going to play better? That to me, yeah. that's going to be the question mark. That's going to separate who is going to win the SEC West, which quarterback can manage the game better at the end of the day. We're going to find out early. AM schedule, though, is a little bit more manageable early on the season. They play Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Kind of get Haynes King comfortable. Yeah, they're yeah. going to have the opportunity to get him comfortable early on. And don't sleep on LSU. Okay. I, think, I think Max Johnson yeah, I like is Max going Johnson. to be one of the best quarterbacks in the conference and going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country wow. here in the next year or two. All right. Well, I love that. I, I, I like that as well because you're not even thinking about LSU with the Ole Miss, Matt Corral talking points, the Texas A&M and all their depth talking points. Of course, Alabama, uh, Auburn breaking in a new coaching staff, Emory Jones taking over at Florida. How's that going to look? Kentucky. I just I don't know. There's just so many uncertainties in the SEC, and then you see what Georgia's returning. You have the expectations of Alabama, and you think they're on a collision course. You know, would you love Georgia, to see it? I Georgia guess has, so. Georgia has the easier route. Oh you know, God. if I had to pick who's going to be in Atlanta today, unless Emory is a complete stud, and and honestly, I I said this yesterday on my show. Let's stop putting pressure on Emory. Because no, let's it, put more pressure on Emory. No, okay, fine. <laughs> Enough with is Emory going to be a guy? Let's focus on what, what the hell is Grantham doing on defense? Yeah, to I mean me, they got to figure it to out. To me, everyone wants to keep talking about can Emory take over at quarterback? Can Emory take? This was a defense in Florida that was giving up 31 points per game last year. Can Grantham get the defense right? To me, is the bigger concern if I was a Gator fan. 100%. Because like you're saying right now, the pressure on Emory is not the expectations of can he be the guy. The pressure would be can he lead the offense to score 40 points a game. Yes. And it's like, uh, I don't know. That just doesn't. Not a lot of quarterbacks can do that no. week in and week out. So Florida does need to shore up the defensive side of the ball. Um remember what they had last year. If they would have taken care of business against LSU, 
that's a team, Kyle Trask, Kadarius Toney, Kyle Pitts, that really could have made a push for the college football playoff. That offense was pretty unstoppable. I mean, just they, the defense was I know, just, just crazy. Um, you know, they, they got Carter back and they got Cox back. I mean, they, they, Ventral Miller at middle linebacker is yeah. a guy that's played a lot of football. Hopefully they're better. And then, you know, skill-wise, offensively, Damian Pierce at running back. They got Copeland. They got Shorter. The, the, the tight end zipper, uh, watching film on Florida, you know, he's not Kyle Pitts, but he's pretty darn good, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, they got skill there. And like I said, Emery's been a guy, and, and you can never doubt Dan Mullen. You know, what Dan has done oh, with, with quarterbacks. I can doubt him. Why? <laughs> he, I mean, what big with game has he won? With quarterbacks. With quarterbacks I'm, talking about, yes. I'm not talking about games here. I'm yes. talking about... With that development is of quarterbacks, hundred percent fact. This is going to be a, a an offense that looks a little bit more like Mississippi State with with Nick Fitzgerald there at quarterback. It's going to be run a little bit more run first, um, eat up the clock, dominate the line of scrimmage, or at least attempt to dominate the line of scrimmage. This is an offense that needs to get back to learning how to run the football instead of just passing the ball 40, 50 times a game. It's not going to be as easy of a win as Georgia fans are thinking right now. Yeah. It never is. No, never is. Never is. Never is. But Georgia's going to be the favorite. Um, I do think Alabama, this is the only thing that's in Georgia's favor heading into the season. Alabama has to go through such a gauntlet to make it to Atlanta. Yeah, SEC West is stacked. I mean, yeah. Georgia just has to play Clemson week one and then Florida, Florida. middle of the season. Yeah. And that's it. No, no doubt. You know, Alabama has to play Miami. They have to play at Florida week three, which is going to be an interesting game. Yep. At AM, they have to play Ole Miss. They have to play Mississippi State. They have to play LSU. And then at Auburn to finish the season. A lot tougher schedule for Alabama to make, or anyone in the SEC West, to feel healthy and, and, and just mentally and physically good in that game in Atlanta compared to Georgia should be should be healthy. They should be dominant and and really encouraged by the time that game comes around. All right. I totally agree. Um, it's going to be a fun 2021 season. Let's wrap this thing up. I'm going to throw a couple of teams at you. I just want you to tell me if there'll be factors in November. Um, we'll start with these two. Iowa State, Brock Purdy. I think Bryce Hall is back. You think they could give Oklahoma a run for their money in the Big 12? Oh, 100%. Okay. I mean, they beat them last year. Yeah. And if it wasn't for a couple late turnovers, they would have won the conference championship as well. I love Oklahoma. Oklahoma is actually my number one team heading into this season. Oh, wow. So you're in on Desmond Ritter. I mean, um, on um, Spencer Rattler. I am in on Spencer Rattler. I'm in on their defense. I mean, yeah. this is a defense that looked pretty dang bo- damn good last year. They're returning a lot. Um, this, is to me, is the most complete team heading into the season. Iowa State, though, they got, I don't know, 20 guys back on both sides oh, yeah. of the football. Oh, yeah. And Matt Campbell's a good football coach. Great There's coach. No That's going to be a that. great game. So, yes, if there's someone that could knock them off, it's going to be Iowa State. So yep. I am a believer in them, but I do think Oklahoma is the better team in the conference. One team that I'm watching, um, and we will find out very early on in the season, Cincinnati. Look, Cincinnati takes on Indiana, who's a top 25 team, and then the week after that takes on Notre Dame. If they can pull off those two wins, their schedule is a high school football schedule. Yep. For the rest of the season, they will be undefeated, which of course will be a big time opportunity State, for the Does Florida Bearcats. State beat Notre Dame week one? No. I got Florida no. State. No, no. Mackenzie Milton at quarterback? Know. I'm not Notre sold on Dame that. lost nine starters on offense. Ian Book has been such a staple for them. Yeah, that's true. I agree. I'm I'm, I'm with Florida I State. I see LSU at 16. You kind of talked me into Max Johnson there. Texas at 21. Uh, Casey Thompson or Hudson Card, mm. who knows? And then Utah, maybe. I don't know. It's going to be a fun 2021 season, and I am so fired up that we're back in the fold here 
at Punt and Pass. What a f- great first episode, a season kickoff episode. All of our listeners on Twitter, at Punt and Pass, and on Instagram, they can chill out with asking when we're going to be back because we're back, and we're with 680 The Fan, hosted on the Podcast Park, still going to be wherever you get your Punt and Pass podcasts, weekly, bi-weekly, twice a week, however you want to call it. Uh, we are in the fold, Mondays, Thursdays, and or Fridays, We'll hit you up twice a week, letting you know what's going on in the world of college football, specifically the SEC, of course, with the Georgia Twist and our friends at Prize Picks. They're the best. Promo code PUNT. Download the Prize Picks app, prizepicks.com. I'm getting down this weekend on some action. College football is back. You can get down on props at Prize Picks. Now, NFL, college football, I'm talking receiving yards, passing yards, rushing yards, receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. It's awesome. Why wouldn't you do it? Use the promo code PUNT, get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Well, Season 5, Aaron, Episode 1, we are in the fold. You can see this up on YouTube here in a little bit. We're looking super professional in the studio. I just see my PUNT Pass hat. I got it coming. Um, And head on over to PUNTPASS.com. Thanks for that. The merch store back up. We got a new order of Imperial hats coming in to get you looking right for game day throughout the fall. Anything on the way out, my man? I'm just happy it's football time, yeah, baby. Dude. Let's Thank go. God. I mean, calling games this weekend. Yes, fans and, and, and stands. And Maddox is a professional at giving us the touchdown sign. Oh, is he really? He is so good. That means the field goal is good. That means the touchdown is good. He's going to be a specialist slash golfer if you're smart. Golfer, tennis. Preppy boy. Super country club boy. I love it. Awesome. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass. Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 puntandpass.com. Shout out to Prize Picks. Shout out to 680, the fan of the podcast park. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Don't forget to download the Southern Sports Today app. You can listen to this in every show on podcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcast needs. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. 
thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands, an easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 